Hey there, where have you been? Welcome to the No Jet Stress podcast, the show that helps you maintain optimal health and peak performance as a road warrior, no matter how much you travel. I'm your host, Christopher Babiodi, traveler wellness advocate, nutritional therapist, author, and ex-flight attendant of 20 years at British Airways, one of the UK's largest airlines. Welcome back to the No Jet Stress podcast, part two. My guest is Chuck Hazard, a wellness tech expert with a storied pedigree. And we're talking about how HRV, one of the main metrics that you can get from wearables, is useful in managing health. Be you a business traveler or someone who just is looking for some wellness gains. And along that line, I wonder if you could shed some light on some of the other metrics that these devices capture that are good for business travelers to note in their quest for health. And the reason I ask this is because I get questions or conversations with people that go along the lines of, I've got the data, so now what? It becomes a matter of how do I interpret it What else can I use to get something usable or an objective insight? Now, I know some of these answers because that's what I would be helping people get out of a relationship with me. But sometimes people just want to be able to understand it for themselves. Are there any specifics in the kinds of data that an Aura Ring or a Whoop Strap or any of these other tools can give you that you think the listeners can gain from by having a bit more of an insight as to what their usefulness is? Well, the the metrics that are, you know, collected by the consumer wearables, you know, aren't that elaborate. I mean, so other than, you know, the potential to, to track sleep more accurately when you have multiples per night, like polyphasic sleep, as we were just discussing with the Aura Ring, most of the wearables, if you're, you know, you're getting a little bit of shut eye, like on a red eye flight, but not a lot, you know, the, the device, if any, and especially going across lots of time, time zones, the device is not going to do a very good job tracking sleep. So that's all off. <laughs> no bets on that. But, but anyway, I mean, the only other metrics some of them have is a pulse ox. And that's more of a, an interesting thing while you're in flight, you may see your blood oxygen levels dropping. But other than that, you know, there's not a lot of metrics now they're looking at, you know, heart rate variability and basically maybe, you know, trends in heart rate or just stress in general. You know, how stressful is the flight and what do you do? You know, what protocols do you use to de-stress and, and get acclimated to the, the new geographic location and potentially new time zone, which is the biggest problem. So I, I look at things and I mean... I hear what you're saying. I also look at things like resting heart rate simply because yep. I think it was a specific reference to the fact that the most long-lived mammals on, on the planet of the on the on the face of the earth have particularly low resting heart rates, and therefore tracking your resting heart rate and the trends. In fact, that's another question in and of itself. Sometimes people have the attitude of, okay, I want to know what. I can do right now with this information. Whereas when looking at things like the data that's available in some of these wearables, it's more about the trend that gives you a more wholesome picture as to what you're doing rather than just 
the, the number that, that shows up on your device first thing in the morning. Correct. Yeah, tre- trends are always more important and interesting than looking at one point in time, you know, because, you know, that shows you if you're making progress or not, or you might see, you know, almost like a sign curve. And so then you can say, okay, why, why is my resting heart rate higher and my heart rate variability lower on these particular days each week? And it's probably something you're doing <laughs> during that part of the week that's yeah. causing that. So it can help you identify, you know, potential reasons for you to have higher stress, and which then, of course, will increase resting heart rate and decrease heart rate variability. Sure, sure. So, so, I, and I, I guess I've been talking in the terminology of aura because it's one that I rely on for myself. But the whoop, which I'm not familiar with in particular. Do they have like a readiness score as well? Yes, they do. Yeah, they 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 use they they have what they call it a recovery score. It's not quite as complex as what Aura has. In Whoop's case, they mainly rely on heart rate variability, resting heart rate, respiration rate, a little bit on sleep. You know, a lot of these things have a lower score or weight, I should say. Heart rate variability and resting heart rate have the highest weights typically. And, you know, so they're, yeah. And I think, you know, just like with aura, I think if your temperature, they, they all have temperature sensors now. And if the t- your, your skin temperature deviated too much from baseline, that would get, you know, get a weighted into the re- recovery or readiness calculation because you might be getting sick. Right. Great. Yep. So, so, so it, it, I'm kind of like building this picture out for our listeners here that heart rate variability is one thing to keep an eye out for. Yeah. Resting heart rate could be another. Body temperature it can be another. And also, particularly for ladies who are ovulating in that time of the month, that's quite interesting for their health in that respect. Respiration rate also can be one of those. But the 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 thing, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, I think when looking looking at heart rate variability and equating that directly to a to the readiness score typically that aura gives you can't really necessarily say that's one and the same thing or can you not with aura because the heart rate variability is yet you know just one contributor to aura's readiness score right and so so they're not they'll i mean you know, I don't know if you'd find a correlation. I've ever, you know, graphed those two together. I, you could probably do that on Aura's website, but I've just never looked at it that way. But I mean, you know, you can look at on the Aura app, you go under the contributors, they'll show you your HRV status, I think they call it. And, you know, they color code it. So if it's, you know, in the green, so to speak, you're recovering pretty well. So you can just look at that and that'll give you a you know, pretty good indicator of how other apps and devices treat a recovery score by mainly looking at heart rate variability. Yeah, great stuff. And then coupled with those types of metrics, if you like, chief among them, which I will say again, just for the sake of it, is heart rate variability. But also when it comes to quantities of the types of sleep, I think you told me a very interesting story about how types of sleep are really calculated under laboratory conditions. Do you, do you remember that conversation at all? Or 
or is it or is the science a lot clearer now as to what gets attributed to as deep sleep and what gets attributed to as REM sleep because typically when I'm working I mean we all need a basic level of deep sleep because it's more physically restorative but at the same time if you're particularly cerebral in your work the ability to get the right amount or certain amount of REM sleep is also of importance to you however I think different tools kind of calculate them differently or assign different kinds of importance to them? Well, no, I think the problem is, is that, you know, a full-blown sleep study, you know, you set your doctor, so, you know, says, hey, you may have some sleep issues that so we're going to send you for a sleep study. And they glue all kinds of electrons on, I mean, electrical things on your head, get all these wires connected to your body, your chest, around your jaw, you know, a pulse ox in your finger. You know, it, it's a pretty elaborate test. The sleep studies are like 80 to 82% accurate when you take two highly trained sleep technicians, have them look at the raw data that the sleep study collects. They only agree like 82% of the time. So right. that's the gold standard, which is 82% accurate. And then you take wearables that are not using what's called EEG, so measuring brain waves, are using something on your wrist or your finger, like the aura ring. And they have no EEG and you're expecting them to, you know, match the gold standard. Well, they're not even close. You know, they may be 60% accurate. So one, they're not accurate in sleep staging. But what I told you before, the pure flat out National Sleep Foundation definition of deep sleep was artificially and arbitrarily defined as in any 30 seconds during your sleep. They, They break your whole sleep into 30 second chunks called epics. If any epic has at least 20% shortwave activity, we'll call that deep sleep, as opposed to 18% or 19%, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) And so from a scientific standpoint, you really should focus on REM versus non-REM. But they created this artificial non-REM and broke it into light sleep and deep sleep. So what I would tell people, one, your wearable is not very accurate. And two, light sleep is not junk sleep. And that because they call it light sleep, I think people just intuitively think it as junk sleep. Yeah. Apple did the right thing. Apple, when they came with sleep staging, calls that core sleep. And so all sleep is important, all of it. Right. So don't focus on the stages. Now, if you're, you know, one of those people that are interested, you know, maybe long-term trends, you increase your deep sleep consistently over time. That's a good thing. You can look at that, but don't hang your hat on it <laughs> or don't right. think that non, if you don't have enough REM and deep, you're, you're in pro, you have a problem. You probably don't necessarily. I love that explanation and, and the recall of that conversation. Cause I found that really interesting and it shouldn't be off-putting and it kind of like well while you were talking i I was thinking you know what if you're tracking something rather than not tracking anything you're in a better position because you know you're at least got something to go on and that kind of comes that kind of comes around to this conversation of oh i don't have the state of the art medical grade this xyz tool am i getting anything that's worth my while or getting you know some feedback is better than none at all and therefore i think the the takeaway message in that respect is at least you know do your best with whatever you've got track something and go from there and add other habits and 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 good things that we know about sleep science or sleep hygiene around that to to get you some 
decent well-being benefit from from the sleep that you do get would you add anything yeah, yeah exactly and and so what i tell people to focus on i've been telling people this for years is if you're otherwise reasonably healthy adult, you need seven to nine hours of sleep per night so that's the first thing the second thing is try and be as consistent as possible within 30 minutes of when you go to bed and wake up seven days a week, week after week. So consistent in your sleep and wake times, that will really help your health if you, that's one thing you want to do. And last, you can also, you know, glance at things like, you know, how many awakenings do you have at night? If you have a lot, then you right. might have sleep apnea or it could be something else. So it's too hot in your bedroom. There's too much noise, ambient noise where you're, you know, in your, your bedroom at night because you live in a city. So look at awakenings. That's sort of a, you know, a side thing, but consistency in seven to nine hours, that'll get you 80% of the way there. Very common sense information to to be getting on with. So that kind of like brings us nice around nicely to what you might like to share, what else you might like to share with our audience about sleep habits and routines that you found particularly useful uh, during or things that you you thought were useful that you no longer do that might be of interest to our audience. Well, I try to, you know, not eat any food within two to three hours of going to bed. I And if I'm going to have like a glass of wine, you know, definitely same thing, two to three hours before. And the reason is because, you know, if you eat or drink alcohol close to sleep, then as soon as you close your eyes, the first thing your body's doing is trying to deal with the stuff in your gut and process it through your liver. And most people, if they you know drink alcohol close to sleep, they consistently they'll wake be wide awake around you know two in the morning because that's when their liver is basically dumping off the toxins out of their body. So I you know try be protective of the two to three hours where you go to sleep. I I used to believe in blue blockers, but there have been recent studies out that have shown that it's not the blue light that affects your melatonin, it's the context of the blue light. So wow. if you're watching, passively watching television, that had, doesn't seem, to, from the studies, doesn't affect your melatonin. But if you're like, got your cell phone cruising around Twitter and stuff like that, they put they have built into delays, which I found out about several years ago, that basically boosts your dopamine to make the apps addictive. So the Twitters, the Facebooks, you know, the, you know, I'm sure the TikTok and all that stuff. And so they become highly addictive. That actually downgrade, you know, downgrades your melatonin because it's, you know, spiking your dopamine. So watching TV okay, you know, reading email looking at social media before you go to bed. No, no, that's bad. Right. Um, you don't need to, you don't need to get blue, you know, put red lights all through your house, which I had done in the past or had the Philips Hue lights that you can change colors. Yeah. So, don't do that anymore. Have a, you know, I would re- highly recommend a bed cooling system. I've used Chili Uller now using an 8 sleep pod, which I find more evenly cools our bed. We have a heat pump right by our bed. So we, you know, even in the winter, we cool our house down to like around 65 degrees. And then we live in the country, so I don't need black blackout curtains. But if you live in a city, I would do that. You can wear a sleep mask if you need to, you know, block out the light or earplugs if it's a, you live in a city for noise. Other than that, you know, that's what I do. Just, you know, avoid the food and alcohol, uh, have a nice dark sleep environment, a cool environment and, 
and the rest is is history you know it'll work i I still use blue blockers so that was a, a surprise to hear that i mean albeit i do remember the first edition of blue blockers i got happened to be i think they were from a dave asprey supported company and when those right. broke, i basically uh went to try and get a a different set and and the the new set that i got wasn't as strong the 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 yeah. blockage of the light wasn't as strong the red in the glasses wasn't as strong as the first and it caused me to question whether it was the real deal and we inquired from the manufacturer who pointed us to some studies that had said basically yeah the science has moved on there is still benefit in using them but you don't need to have them as strong as the original is the original set that i had yeah so i, I was yeah. happy to use to use those but to know that I can actually watch blood sucking freaks at ten p.m. <laughs> at night. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's, uh, you know, if, if you're a person that likes like horror films on TV, or or you watch a, sh- a movie that's very troubling, that could actually that, disrupt yeah, you. I'm, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, so this, I mean, I can if you want to put it in the show notes, I can send you, you know, at least one of the studies that came out of, I believe, it was out of Australia where they actually tested, you know, melatonin on, I think it was, you know, fairly young people and they, they had them, you know, change up what they were doing. And that's where they found it was all about the context. It wasn't your lights in your house. And, you know, so no, don't drive yourself crazy. Don't spend a lot of money on blue blockers. You don't need them really. Some of the other questions that I have were about the internet of things and the role of health wearables in that context. Do you think that we will come to a point where we have unified systems? Because, I mean, I'm not quite a bag man for wearables, but I, I wear an Apollo, I wear a Cardio Mood, I have an Aura Ring, and I have an Apple Watch. And I'm sure if I looked mm-hmm. at your wrists, I would probably find a couple of tools <laughs> <laughs> as well. It would be great to have something that unifies them. I mean, I guess we're all looking for the magic pill, whether it comes to sleep, wellness, or our ability to handle any types of problems that we have. The Internet of Things, I think, is promising, but I don't quite think we're at the stage where, you know, we we get a, a, well, we've got segmented types of solutions rather than a unified solution. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And there have been a lot of recent conversations I've been involved in on LinkedIn kind of on that topic is, you know, the more and more data you collect, like if you have smart mirrors that, you know, register your heart rate, your stress rate, uh, your toilet, you know, measures your pH balance and some other metrics when you go to the bathroom in the morning, you know, your, your lights, you know, it could be little cameras in your lights that, you know, track your movement. You know, so there are all kinds of, you know, devices and sensors are going to be coming out that passively track our health. And the question is, what the hell do you do with all that data? Yeah. You know, it's, it is going to be confusing. And how do you reconcile it all? Well, the answer to that is, you know, there are platforms that are, you know, already in existence, like Heads Up Health, that I'm, I'm an advisor to, that can pull in lots of data from lots of different sources and make sense of it. Um, and there are other ones, you know, as part of what's called Web3, there's a, a Finnish guy I know in the company, I think it's like Profina or something like that. But anyway, you know, it's basically they're pulling in data from all kinds of sensors, from all kinds of different companies. And they'll basically give an individual their own piece of the cloud. And they can def- they can specify 
you know, where they want to share that data. So they have total control, unlike kind of what it is now. You know, if you've got an OR ring, even you, you don't know where the hell the data is being shared. Yeah. So, you know, you get the, so data is connected in and you know, the hope is that people develop some really cool apps and you could decide one, whether you want to share any data with them or two, if you do, which parts of your data you want to share. Um, so, you know, that's the future. You'll, you know, it's, it's like a mobile app in the cloud where you can, again, you, you're your own data broker and you decide how the data is used to give you value. That sounds really cool. I look forward yeah. to that and bringing that interconnectivity really into being for the layperson. That sounds amazing. At your recommendation, I took a look at Heads Up Health. I love the platform and I love the ability for it to be able to pull out patterns that are useful for cohorts. I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, there are some cohort studies or people doing cohort studies who are able to use Heads Up Health, which tells me that the platform is quite powerful. But for, you know, just using large groups of people that may just be business travelers, not necessarily in the medical context, something like a Heads Up Health platform can give quite a lot of decent value. Yeah, that's correct. And one thing I meant to mention, you know, that Heads Up isn't implementing right now. They're looking into it like a lot of companies. But, you know, chat GPT is the rage now, right? The AI. And it's starting to show up in some mobile apps. So, you know, having the ability to take metrics and feed it into artificial intelligence for an individual could kind of personalize the guidance that an individual gets, which is pretty cool. So I think you'll see, you know, Heads Up and Profina and some of these other companies are definitely looking at AI as a way to further enhance the personability, personalization of the, you know, sort of the feedback you give a user. Because most of the apps today, like Aura, Whoop, you know, Garmin, whatever, they really don't give you any feedback that's meaningful. You know, Woof has a journal feature, which kind of gets, goes in that direction. But with artificial intelligence, and there's, there's one app I use on iOS called Chipper that, you know, they've got a sleep one. And it basically looks at your sleep from the previous night, looks at your baseline and gives you some suggestions based on the patterns it sees. And they do the same for recovery, which is pretty darn cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's called Chipper. Chipper. Yeah. C-H-I-P-R. Okay. No E in there. Interesting stuff. And this is yeah. why I come to Chuck for what's going on in this space. This is great. I think we kind of like touched on it a bit, but I just want to see if I can get more of a direct, specific answer out of you. And it comes to this idea of what would you suggest would be, in your opinion, knowing what you know about how wearables work would be the best sleep wearable for business travelers who travel often and frequently from what's out there at the moment. Do you have any one, two or three recommendations? Yeah, I think, you know, from the, because of the support for polyphasic sleep, I think or is a hands down winner. If somebody doesn't like wearing jewelry, I think the, the newer Garmin watches that have the, the jet lag feature, it's, I haven't tested it because my watch doesn't support it yet, but from what I've read in reviews, it looks like they did a really good job. 
And so it, it sounds like for a, someone that travels a lot that would like a nice watch, they're, some of the watches Garmin makes are pretty pricey, but they're, they're good-looking watches. And that feature is supposedly like really good. So those are the two that I guess I would focus on. Or if you don't mind a ring, Garmin, if you want to watch. Great. A recommendation to boot. So as we wind down then, Chuck, I have one final question to ask you, which is, and I, this is, well, we had a good time in Helsinki, but (laughs) (laughs) we did. (laughs) What is your favorite destination around the world and why? I think there's so many to pick from. <laughs> I'm, I'm fond. Of, I'm fond of Finland, but having worked for Aura, but you know, I've had my the two that I've had the most fun in, uh, as you know, far as as far as just going on a vacation with my wife is Italy, just because the the food, the restaurants, you know, as you go in around different remote places in Italy are just off the charts. And then a couple of years ago, we had the opportunity to have it. We had a free place to stay the rooftop deck in Paris and that was just off the charts all right was this was this destination that involved meeting a certain mutual friend of ours it did it did in <laughs> fact <laughs> one of my buddies from Aura and your friends <laughs> indeed <laughs> yeah right okay well thank you so much for coming on the program and sharing your knowledge and wisdom with us we'd love to have you come back as things develop in the space Really appreciate you taking the time and I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you very much, Chuck Hazard. Thank you. It's been fun. Bye.